the Power 5 Mentality Podcast, the first and only podcast discussing all things mid-major marketing, creative, and more. My name is Emily McMillan, Assistant Director of Creative Services at Kansas State University, joined as always always by my co-host Scott Peace with his new job title, Senior Associate AD for Development and External Operations at Evansville. Today on the podcast, we are pleased to be joined by Jared Willis, Associate Director for Advancement at Western Michigan. Jared received both his bachelor's and master's degrees at Western Kentucky and had a two-year stop at K-State working as a development assistant at the Ahern Fund. Uh, By the way, go Cats. Um, But Jared, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, absolutely. Don't forget about those tops either. (laughs) <laughs> proud yes. hilltopper through and through yeah well with that i will hand it over to scott and um for a little episode overview well i'm very excited to talk to jared uh not just because he's a great guy which he is and i've gotten to know him a little bit over the years but also he's our first guest uh fully on the development advancement side of things we thought we'd try to branch out a little bit this time uh with my new role kind of spreading over into that area. We thought it'd be great to get some advice and some thoughts from Jared. So we'll hear a little bit about his journey through the sport industry so far, um, some of his top successes and wins in his career. And then we're going to talk a little bit of about a little bit of everything from starting a new job during a pandemic, um, being a part of the largest gift ever, quite literally, and some other um, donor trends and things like that. So Emily, I'll turn it over to you to get started. And uh, Jared, like Emily said, we're, we're really happy to have you. Thank you all. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, so to um, jump in, can you just give us kind of a basic overview summary of your career line, how you've gotten to um, where you are now through Western Kentucky, K-State, to where you are now at Western Michigan? Well, I, I'd say opportunity is a really key word for me. Um, being in the right place at the right time, um, being with the right people at the right time. Because um, I, I never really planned on it. You know, when I went to college, I didn't think I was going to be in development. I didn't even know what development was. And uh, I actually started out as an accounting major, got all the way through my junior year, decided it made me miserable, and I needed to do something fun with my life. So I switched to sport management. And just by doing things in the department, actually starting out in marketing, uh, I landed out my way in advancement. And it really appealed to me uh, because, you know, you just, you get to meet so many unique and interesting people and hear their stories and uh, hear how their college experience and their roles at their universities impacted them. And Uh, That really resonated with me because I I owe a lot to my alma mater in WKU to where I'm at right now. And uh, just from then uh, at WKU, from being a graduate assistant, development assistant full-time, running a major fundraiser like our our Corvette raffle that I'm sure we'll touch on later, uh, gave me the opportunity to go to Kansas State, the Ahern Fund. And uh, there are a lot of great development shops out there. But, you know, I, I, I truly believe that uh, the people that I was surrounded with, um, you know, is one of the best, if not the best development shops in the entire country. I mean, every single year, it seemed like we were breaking a different record consistently over $40 million uh, every year. The year I was before I got there, the Ahern Fund was the 
uh, fourth highest um, total raised in all of Division One intercollegiate athletics. And uh, just to be able to spend there with the great people of, of Kansas and Manhattan and see how much pride and passion they have the school uh, and their school and just learn development the right way and the right practice uh, was a great fit for me as a young person learning. And then um, through that, through networking, through building relationships, I ended here at, at Western Michigan. Um, and I've always been someone who is always one of the first or always start something. Again, it's just dumb luck and being in the right place at the right time. And to be able to really start a, a, a modern day annual fund here in 2021 at an institution that's had so much athletic and academic success in recent years as uh, Western Michigan University has just been an honor and an incredible learning experience uh, for me to work with people, not only on the intercollegiate side, but work with you know high level advancement professionals as I am an advancement employee here at Western Michigan um, was just a great opportunity and a great learning experience. So um, just fortunate to be where I am today uh, through those relationships and through the grace of God and um, happy again to spend a few moments with you all tonight. Well, I'm really excited to hear just your thoughts as we go through. Um, advancement isn't something, um, the advancement side of athletics isn't something I really knew about until I was at Evansville. Um, at like the smaller level, I think you interact with development people a lot more. And so I, I'm just, I'm really excited to hear um, your different experiences as, as you've gone through. Um, but like we talked about, um, you have a lot, a lot of wins, a lot of um, back and forth, but let's talk about some of your success and wins that you've seen. Um, you mentioned that um, raffle that you were a part of at WKU. Um, talk a little bit about that, what went into that, what, what your role was with that, and just kind of what that was to um, your athletic program. Yeah, so interesting fact time. I'm going to teach someone, everyone here, so they can leave with this. Bowling Green, Kentucky, which where Western Kentucky is located, is the only place in the entire world where the Corvette is manufactured. And it's been manufactured there every year since, I believe, 1986, when the Corvette plant moved from St. Louis. So that is the connection with Bowling Green in Western Kentucky. So Gosh, I guess it's probably in its 28th year now. So when I was there, it was in its 25th year. Uh, we had partnered with a local dealership out of Owensboro uh, to provide a brand new Corvette. Uh, it's usually red. That year being our 25th anniversary, it, we decided to change it up. And we got white with this really just sick red leather interior and red brake pads. It really popped. Um, and what we do is we sell raffle tickets uh, online and in person on events throughout the state of Kentucky and uh, in order to support our student athletes and their program. So each team is responsible uh, for an allotment of sales. And uh, to be a 21-year-old kid driving a $60,000 car uh, over the state of Kentucky was both nerve-wracking and uh, exciting at the same time. But uh, that experience just really allowed me to uh, work with a lot of coaches, work with directors of operations, learn how that, how that worked, how that process worked, and then marketing through some of the sponsorship sales that we were able to do and reach out with local businesses. So 
it was really a 360 learning uh, activation process for me from the development side to the administrative side to the sponsorship side to the sales side. And it really, you know, as someone who was getting an MBA full time at the same time, it really pushed me to work harder and um, make those relationships because I was, like I said, I was going on personal visits as a as a 21 year old grad student asking for five to $10,000 sponsorships in the raffles. So um, doing that, changing our messages about the student athlete, we were able to raise over $150,000 uh, the year that I, that I was in charge of it, which was one of our highest marks ever. So like I said, great people that put me in the right place at the right time and just seizing the opportunity um, put me in that position. And I'll be so grateful to WKU and uh, we're even thinking about doing something similar at WME with the Broncos. So we'll see. Well, that's awesome. I, I like that you guys took like a cultural thing and like made it kind of your own and made it work to raise funds for your department. Um, but then after WKU um, came to the good old Manhattan, Kansas. Um, good old Manhattan. Yeah, have Little happiness. Apple. Little Northeast Apple. Kansas. <laughs> uh, Foothills, all the fun things. Um, during your time with like with the good people over in the Ahern Fund, um, you were able to kind of dive into more of the annual giving um, campaigns. Uh, talk a little bit about that, what that looked like. I know there's so many complex things going on um, over in the other building across the street from me. Um, and so I, I just am curious to what, what your role looked like there. And um, talk about some of the things that you took, learned and took away from that experience. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, like I said, it's it's another right place, right time, being fortunate. Um, when I started with the Ahern Fund, um, I had had all that experience at WK, WKU under my belt. And um, me, along with two other gentlemen, uh, were the first you know, full-time development assistants that they had hired. So we were able to be there you know, 40 hours a week during the work week and, and really be hands-on and do some things. Um, one of the, th we did a project, uh, an annual giving campaign called the All In Campaign. Uh, it was led by uh, my supervisor, Leon Jackson III, who uh, is now at, at Pitt, and uh, Jake Anderson and Brandon Ballard, my two other colleagues. And uh, what we really did was uh, we just grinded it out. So the first step of that was what is a need or what's our target? You know, what, what can we attack? So at Kansas State at that time, we had about 8,800 members. And that, that's a pretty solid base, a pretty solid grassroots base as well uh, for an annual fund at that size that was generating around $19 million a year. Um, but how can we reach other people? So uh, I was able to dig into our data and do some analysis. And we found that we had 3,500 lapsed members or you know, some people call them lie butts, some but, uh, side butts, or or win backs, or people who had not donated within a year, a calendar year cycle that had previously in the past, uh, and that accounted for over two million dollars in lapsed pledges. So that was obviously a base that we wanted to reach out to to make sure you know that we can try to win back some of those people, and obviously it was a good reach to say, hey, we still care, you know, whether you're a $50 donor or you're, you know, much higher, you're a $1,000 level donor, whether you're donating 
purely philanthropically just because you love the cats and you want to see them succeed or you're doing to take a lot of our great amenities that we had at Bramlage Coliseum or Bill Snyder Family Stadium. And then we also looked at the bill in Bramlage and we found out that there were 2,500 season ticket holders that were in non-donating sections that weren't contributing anything to the Ahern Fund. So what we did is we led like a multi-pronged attack. We did 40 to 80 phone calls a day attacking a prospect list that was around 9,000 at the end, the three of us. We did tabling at events um, where we had a giant Plinko board to win prizes, mailing, uh, Google ads was great, was fantastic. Google ads and Facebook advertising. Uh, you really don't understand how far just $20 to boost a Facebook post will get you in terms of eyes and dollars raised. And uh, we tiered it off to different giving levels, got access to different things. So everybody that entered got invited to the Veneer Family Football Complex, which was our, uh, you know, our football training facility that had our locker room, our coach's office at the end of the year and got a tour. So everybody got something that participated in the campaign, just new, new money, just new money, whatever that was. And then all the way up to a loge box for a big 12 game was, I believe was, was one of our top prizes. So, and all of that put together in a month total, we was able to raise $40,000 in a month. And I'm sure there've been really successful campaigns, but the work that really the four of us as a team was able to put into it was was really great to be a part of, to have to raise that amount of money in such a short period of time. Um, but I just remember on the day that we invited everybody back, I think we had almost 40% of the people that participated come, we had like 200 people come. And a lot of those people came from hours away to Manhattan to view the facility. And just there, you know, where we talk about, you know, the impact they're making on the lives of these K-State student athletes, I think it was 450 plus at K-State, um, was just such a rewarding experience. And um, that definitely played in our membership numbers. And it's also more people who we send renewals for and solicit the next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna take a guess. And um, that that had a lot to do with the new, um, the new football coach and the new um, athletic director at that time. So I, that, that's impressive that you guys were able to kind of capture that moment of a lot of change that was happening um, in Manhattan. Um, but kind of turning the page to um, something that you've been involved with pretty heavily in your position at Western Michigan is um, the idea of creating a modern day annual fund. Um, first, um, can you, in this answer, explain exactly what an annual fund is for our listeners that might not know exactly what that means, because I think a lot of people think they know, and then it's explained to them, and it's kind of a little bit different. Um, but just, yeah, just talk about um, creating that annual fund and what the Bronco Athletic Fund um, does uh, for your student-athletes, kind of on yeah, a daily basis. absolutely. So I think what what an annual gift is defined differently uh, at every at each institution, a major gift is defined differently at each institution. Uh, but at Western Michigan, I would say that uh, anyone that is consistently contributing ten thousand dollars or less annually, total to athletics, is a, is a is a part of our annual fund. And a an annual fund gift is usually in the thousand dollar or more range. 
So when I talk about annual fundraising opposed to major gift fundraising, I'm referring to uh, people who primarily give um, just out of the goodness of their heart, whether it is to support their favorite program. I mean, we have 16 programs here at Western Michigan and 350 student athletes or their favorite area of need. You know, we can support things like mental health, training, um, nutrition, um, and then a lot of it is ticket-based, priority seating-based, which is uh, making a contribution to have the access to purchase some of our, our better tickets that we have in our lower seating bowl. And then also, uh, it kind of blurs in the line, but also our premium areas are also a lot of annual fund donors with the mix of major gift donors in our suites and our club as well that we have for football and for hockey. So uh, the annual fund donors to me are a lot of salt of the earth people who really truly love their institutions, whether they love the tops, the cats, the Broncos in my case. And uh, those are the people that are, uh, a lot of them are your diehards that are consistent that wanna know about your program. So my job really is to be a storyteller, provide access of what's going on with our programs how they can make an impact on those programs and what experiences or benefits they have of being a Bronco Athletic Fund member. Jared, I think you explained that really well. And to transition um, a little bit on the show here, you started at Western Michigan um, squarely in the middle of the pandemic, if I remember correctly, because we actually spoke on the phone around this time, right at this time, I think, about a uh, candidate we had and you were a reference, um, so we got to catch up a little bit and hear, I, I got to hear a little bit about what you had going on. So just talk about, kind of paint the picture of what happened there and maybe anything you learned from that unique experience that hopefully you don't have to experience again, but you still <laughs> well, did nonetheless. I, I do kind of, I really think that my, again, you know, I touched on being in the right place, being in the grace of God, you know, knowing the right people and building your network. So I, I just want to say, you know, there, there are, I know that there are a lot of young professionals that listen to your podcast. I, I want to show how, tell how I got to Western Michigan. I actually interviewed at a, a Mac institution a, a year prior to interviewing at Western Michigan, and I didn't get the job. Uh, it was a job I really wanted. It was a job very close to home that was important to me, uh, but I, I made a good impression. Uh, to the people that I interviewed with and I kept in good contact. And because I did that, I got, I received a very strong reference from two senior leaders at that institution about this job. And I would have not have ended up with the great opportunity I have without building that network. So if I can lay any advice to any young professionals, um, you know, no is not no forever. No is just moving on to your next opportunity or your next open door. So um, that is how I ended it, ended up at Western Michigan. But um, I remember accepting the job to come here. Uh, I think I was going to go to, I had planned on going to Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament. Uh, and I stayed behind because, you know, I was going to Western Michigan. There was no reason for me to go there. I was at a baseball game in our newly renovated stadium and, and things started closing. You know, just uh, the Rudy Gobert situation came out with the Utah Jazz and 
you know, I left Toyton Family Stadium not knowing it was going to be my last sporting event at K-State, a place that I really loved, that I was really invested in, even in my shorts. And my last sporting event for several months, for nine months. And uh, the crazy thing about it was, you know, I accepted a job, signed the paperwork, and I was like, you know, is this still going to happen? <laughs> you know, Michigan, the University of Michigan sending students home, and and it was crazy. But, I mean, I, I will give a lot of credit to my supervisor, Jim Colhane, who's been sort of like a father figure to me since I've been here, uh, is just assuring me and calling me almost every day, like, you're good, you're coming. You know, just 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 let's find you, let's find a way to get you out here. You know, let's just get you out here. So I remember uh, driving in a U-Haul with my father across the country. And this was, I mean, this is right when it happened and not meeting a single car for hours. And uh, the day that I got here, I got here a week early. It was March 23rd, 2020. Uh, the movers were coming into my apartment and uh, my supervisor, Jim, called me and he's like, Jared, like, you got to get here. Uh, the governor is shutting down the state. We're closing up. You got to get in to get into the system to get paid and get a computer so you can work. <laughs> so to say that that was surreal, moving completely to another area, my third state in less than five years and not knowing anyone and basically being confined to your two bedroom apartment and not knowing a soul, <laughs> that was definitely surreal. And it, 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 and to this day, I still, even though I've been there uh, about 12 months, uh, for I guess 18 months, 19 months, I still feel like the new guy uh, a lot of times, you know, as we've not been in the office really that long. But um, it was kind of a blessing in disguise because it really gave us time to pull together as a team and, and uh, barrel down this Bronco Athletic Fund that we're really, really proud of and, and transitioning over. So um, that everything else going and not going on in the world really allowed me to put a lot of time and effort and build relationships with a lot of people that matter um, to make something really special. So if there's one thing that came out of that, it's the success that we've had uh, with our Bronco Athletic Fund transitioning from the Mike Gary Athletic Fund over the course of these last 10 months. Well, speaking of success, um, I wish I could give you full credit for this, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know your level of involvement, so I won't even say that I can't. But uh, since you've been at Western Michigan, um, the university received what I believe was the largest ever single gift to a public institution, and I also remember that number being north of half a billion dollars. So, yes. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong on any of that. And also five hundred fifty million. Okay, 550 million is the number. So talk about what it was like on campus, uh, kind of when that news came out. Uh, again, any involvement that you may or may not have had, and then uh, what some of those funds will be used for. Well, you know, I'd love to say it was all made, right? I mean, you know, that, that would be I just awesome. assumed, honestly, but I'll let you tell the story. <laughs> I, 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 would, I would honestly like to think a lot of the things that we did in athletics advancement had a small part in it in the donor intent, it, you know, the gift was made by an anonymous group, but a group that is very passionate about athletics. Uh, I do strongly feel that the, the doorway for this gift was towards athletics 
and the involvement that that has had on their experience. And I won't get, again, I won't get any more on the donors because again, it is an anonymous group of former alumni that made it, but um, I kind of knew it was coming down the pipeline, at least the athletics gift. I didn't know about the rest of it, but we believe that the $550 million gift to Western Michigan University made in June was the largest ever philanthropic gift made to a public institution in the United States. And we believe that the $50 million gift to athletics is the largest gift made to a Mid-American Conference school um, ever. And that, to say that, you know, that, that has, not, I, I bring that up and I mentioned that to you, Scott, not to say about myself, but to say about my team. I mean, you cannot gain trust in anyone of that level unless you are surrounded by great leaders. And, you know, it all starts, you know, with Kathy Beauregard, our athletics director, uh, who is the, the longest serving division one female athletics director in the country, um, President Dr. Ever Montgomery, uh, and our vice president of advancement, uh, Kristen DeVries. I mean, if it, if it wasn't for that group of people and so many other people across campus that I'm sure made an impact on these individuals, it wouldn't happen. So, I mean, I think that really speaks to the direction and the vision that we have here at Western Michigan University in Kalamazoo. And, and it can't help but be excited. Can't help but be excited about uh, our students, our student athletes what this means for them, the outreach, the programs, the growth, the opportunity that exists here. Um, so uh, again, just, just to be on the team, just to be in the footnotes, I think that says a lot and makes me proud to be here and it makes me excited to work with such a group of accomplished advancement professionals and faculty and staff here. Um, and it, it makes you, you know, you want to be a part of that. You know, when you work in a place, you want to work with great people. And I mean, when you accomplish something to that feat, you know that you work with fantastic individuals. So right now for us, 50 million of that $550 million in athletics is, well, you know, what's next? So what, what, what can we do to capitalize that on that? And now, you know, we're in the process of, of funneling that out and figuring what that out uh, is with our senior leadership and some advisors. But uh, I think in the next year, we'll have some very exciting things to unveil with WMU Athletics here in Kalamazoo. No doubt. That was, it was just an awesome, awesome article to read when I saw it come through that day. And obviously I thought of you right away and the impact that it would have on, on your university. So so happy to hear that story. Um, Jared, you touched on this a little bit earlier just scratched the surface on uh, premium seating and some of that revenue generation. Um, any thoughts on just leveraging ticketing, especially in those premium areas um, to reach donors, serve donors, things like that. Any thoughts on, on leveraging premium seating? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I could spend hours on it talking about K-State, but I, I'm really excited about what we're doing here at WMU if I could. So uh, we have roughly 25 suites for football and a 330 S, you know, approximately seat club at Waldo Stadium. And uh, as we got, like I said, as we started the Bronco Athletic Fund, one of the big institutions with that is priority seating. And you know, when I say priority seating, some schools may call it scholarship seating um, or uh, donor seating or, or whatever it is. But when I, when I say that, I mean, a gift that you must make 
to have the right to purchase seats. So we, we started that and uh, we also restructured our, our parking lots. Uh, in the past, uh, we said, if you were a member of our, our club, our guild club, you gotta, you gotta pass the lot 10, our best lot. Well, that didn't make a lot of sense if there were people in the club that were $500 level donors, but you had someone sitting in the chair back, so that's $10,000 or above. Um, and it also wasn't, you know, it wasn't leveraging our assets to the, to the greatest thing. So I know you talked about seating, but, but parking kind of goes hand in hand. And uh, as Emily can attest to, parking is a very, very valuable uh, commodity, especially at places like Kansas State and, and WMU. So we tried to make that open to as many people as, as possible to be accessible at $1,000 and above. And then we also changed some of our pricing structure to go to a per seat model uh, in our pricing in our club. And we took a step back, we realized like, you know, like this is the first changes that our donors and our season ticket holders in these areas have faced in 20, 25 years. You know, it would be very, you know, cold of us or are not very caring of us, especially as professional, you know, development professionals that are, you know, build everything on trust and, you know, relationships and um, so what we did is we went out and we got a $150,000 gift to sponsor our John Gill Stadium Club, wrapped the entire walls, added TVs, upgraded the food, had alcohol for purchase for the first time. And then, so now instead of when you walk into the club, it's just a place to get warm before you go out and watch the game. You go in the club, you're welcomed by someone on our staff. We have a giveaway every game. Um, We've done everything from uh, Bronco chocolates from Kentucky, from my hometown, to posters, to keychains, to clear bags, just different things, usable things, a branding of the Bronco Athletic Fund. And um, we also, Western Michigan, uh, uh, followed the trend that most schools did, and they we went to digital programs. Well, one thing that our, our – um, our constituents and our suites and our club was we want something to hold so we spent went back to drawing board and we came up with what can we give them you know as a stewardship piece to show them that they're valuable to show that they're making that that can really help their experience and we just created a flip card so it has the two deep on the front has the game time schedules of both teams records of both teams like a little bit of the series information you know, that's, you know, who's calling the game, radio, TV, just that sort of stuff. And on the back, it's got full rosters of both teams. And just by printing out that sheet of paper, that double-sided sheet of paper, has moved us mountains, you know, in terms of reaching people and, and you know, changing, just doing a complete 180 on the game day experience in those areas. And as I mentioned earlier, a lot of those people that are in their areas, it's your high-end annual fund donors to all the way up to your biggest donors, your major gift donors. And, you know, when you're, when you're making a positive impact on those sorts of people and listening, you know, being, being a good listener, being in touch with your donor base, um, that really goes a long way. And I think that we've reaped a lot of uh, reward from that, um, not just in goodwill, but monetarily and establishing some gifts that'll uh, pay immense dividends in the future just by, you know, listening to our constituents and giving them something that they want on game day. 
Jared, I'm curious if, uh, you know, you talked a lot about listening to what the fans want um, and then kind of acting on that, which I think is great. Are there any specific um, methods of collecting that information that you could share or any, what, any platforms you provided in order to um, maybe get information that you could use? So I will say it's not very technologically savvy, but what is very helpful for us is we have about 30 uh, people who are donors, alumni, former student athletes that we call Bronco Athletic Fund Ambassadors. And they have represented and fundraised for uh, intercollegiate athletics at, w at WMU for all, some as many as 50 years. And um, in a town like Kalamazoo, in our demographic of donors, they really have the ear to the ground. And you learn a lot, you know, from them and the conversations that they have at McDonald's in the morning over a cup of coffee, opposed to, you know, me or one of my colleagues going out on a personal visit or having a Zoom session or a phone call. So just listening to them, to be honest, and empowering them to have it, you know, to have the information to answer donor questions and then have the ability to relay things back to us, whether it's they're telling what they're hearing or they're giving it to us has been incredible in my mind. Um, and then we've done things, surveys, survey monkey, you know, just normal stuff. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer is every time we post something, uh, whether it's a video or, or anything to do with fundraising, read the comments, you know, there, you, you got to come in, you know, with, you know, knowing, having a purpose, but read the comments and, and see what people are saying and why they're saying it. So you're probably going to hear a lot of stuff that's not pertinent to what you have. But if you read through those 300 comments and you find one or two nuggets that, hey, that's a good idea you know, or read your responses to your emails. And I, I know that, that, that that's not great or that's not life-changing or, or, you know, groundbreaking to anyone, but that's really helped us here as we start new things is just, you know, when we started a Bronco Athletic Fund and it, it was a lot, of, a lot of change, a lot of people were like, man, you're changing something for the first time and forever people are going to be upset, people are going to be confused. And, you know, I just tried to, to keep preaching to our team uh, you know, hey, it's an opportunity. Look at this as an engagement opportunity. These people haven't been engaged at this level ever at this university in regards to intercollegiate athletics. Let's listen to what they have to say. Let's explain to them why we're doing it because it's the benefit for our student athletes because we want to win MAC and NCHC championships and we want to develop the greatest people in the world. Doctors, lawyers, moms, dads, whatever that may be. And I think that, that that starting something new, you're obviously going to get a lot of feedback. Just listening in those ways has been invaluable to us as we continue to grow. Well, what I love about what you just said, you know, you mentioned you didn't reinvent the wheel with a lot of what you said, you know, the surveys and the listening to feedback is pretty common. But what you guys are doing is not just storing that information and data in a drawer and moving on. You're actually taking it, talking about it, and making change um, that your fans actually want to see. So I salute you for that. It would have been incredibly easy um, to be at a place like the Ahern Fund 
who does things completely the right way and try to plug it in and install it here in Western Michigan. But, you know, having the council and the foresight and, and being at an institution like Western Kentucky, you know, um, really helped me massage it and make it fit to what donor intent really is here at WME and make it flexible to work. So those two experiences combined with our leadership here has been phenomenal to what we've been able to accomplish. Chair, one of the things you mentioned in our kind of pre-show communication that we did um, was just trends that you're seeing uh, amongst donors right now. And I think a lot has changed over the last year or two, um, really just in every way, but I think on this side as well. So what are some of the trends that you're seeing um, these days when it comes to donors? Yeah, I mean, I think all development professionals spent hours and hours on Zoom meetings trying to figure out what that was while we were sitting at home. And what I kind of felt what it was even before the pandemic is um, philanthropic giving, you know, giving because it makes an impact and not giving just to give for those benefits or for those seats, I think is, is really making a come around. I mean, um, just case in point here at WMU, um, we had, we did, I don't want to say actively solicit, but we did go through with a campaign uh, in May, June of, of 2020, which it was just a, hey, how are you, like a check-in campaign and just tell people like, hey, uh, our student athletes, you know, they need support to be able to safely attend classes to participate, you know. It's not just about wins and losses right now, you know. It could be about saving lives. And um, through that and through some email marketing, I mean, we raised $400,000 in 30 days for the help of 30 of those Bronco Athletic Fund ambassadors and strategic emails and social media posts. I mean, if, if that doesn't tell you that, that donors want to step up and make an impact on human beings, then, then I, I, don't, I don't know what else does. So I, I think that is one thing that I feel like was picking up steam before the pandemic and, and is now. So what I think it's up to us as development professionals is to keep it going because I can see how donor fatigue can sit in. I, I doubt anybody still fundraising on the backs of COVID. We're not here at WMU. We're not, we don't want us to talk about COVID. We want to talk about the negative. You know, we want to move on the positive, like the future. You know, we don't want to say, hey, because of your gifts to the Bronco Athletic Fund or Athletic Advancement, it's going to COVID readiness or what, it, you know, we, we, want to, we want to look at ways to, you know, hey, it's going through um, our program for sport management and leadership and business strategies. So we've, our athletic director has done a great job of partnering with the Hayworth College of Business to offer sport management majors uh, a, a minor in business administration as well. So, hey, that this going to fund things like that. It's going to fund new nutritional needs, team meals, travel. Um, so I think that's going to be the challenge for us as development professionals is to keep telling the right story and keep showing that impact as we move on. Because even though COVID still is very much real, it's very much a challenge, you know, we, we got to continue to, again, listen. And as I told you, be interested and not interesting, 
to what they have to say and find out what that match is and match it with what our needs are here at WNU or whatever institution you're at. Yeah, Jared and I were texting uh, late last week, I guess it was, and he was full of all sorts of great advice and knowledge, and I know I was soaking it all in, so I'm glad you were able to share some of that with us. Um, my last question before we open it up to some final remarks from you, is there anything that you haven't talked about yet um, that you're able to share and you're very excited about um, over the, the rest of the academic year? Any new ideas, plans, um, anything like that you want to share? Well, for me, I'm just excited to go out and meet people. <laughs> because, you know, it, it's really hard to be a development officer when you're stuck in your apartment, you know? And uh, it, it's, it's kind of a, I don't have a lot of envy for my major gift colleagues, you know, as I do have a portfolio, uh, you know, it's really hard to establish those relationships when you can't, you know, you know, press the flesh, as, as they used to say, or, you know, go out and meet people. So uh, it's been fantastic for me to, you know, again, under safety measures and uh, that we have here at WMU to go out and experience people and really meet people for the first time that you've been talking to for over a year. And I think that's not going to do any more, but, you know, help me and, and figure out, you know, where we can take what we've got growing even further uh, here at the Bronco Athletic Fund. I mean, um, we had great, great uh, success uh, from, from year out. You know, we increased our, our membership by uh, 76%, increased our donor count by 96% of the Bronco Athletic Fund. And I think things, uh, events, is going to be key to that as we come back. Uh, one thing that I'm really excited about that I'm starting uh, the initial planning on is like a Bronco Athletic Fund Appreciation Day at hockey. Hockey is a huge deal for me. Uh, you know, being from South Central Kentucky, which I'm sure a lot of you can tell that by the way I'm speaking right now, uh, there's not a lot of hockey, uh, not a lot of ice in Litchfield, Kentucky. So uh, to be able to go to hockey games for the first time and see the passion and be a part of the craziest student section, the Lawson Lunatics and all of college sports, uh, just to be a part of that and to hear those stories and soak all, all the great things it is to be a Bronco um, and share that with our members and our donors is probably what I'm looking forward to the most as we go to this next year. Well, Jerry, we can't thank you enough for joining us this evening. Uh, for those listening, it's uh, getting pretty late and Jared time zone so we better wrap up here soon but before we do we always like to give all our guests a chance to speak uh really about anything um during the final remarks so this is your platform to share anything at all that you'd like to um so please go ahead you know i think i think this is a really great industry that we work in uh scott and emily uh i know that emily touched on uh you know, she didn't really know a lot of, of what development is or was or how it fit to the entire piece. But um, I can't tell you how much that interconnectedness uh, at the three universities that I've been into, again, WKU, Kansas State, and uh, Western Michigan has, has meant uh, to me and establishing those relationships uh, across the aisle. Uh, here at WMU, it's even a little bit different. You know, as I said, we're advancement employees, so we're not even really technically athletics employees, even in the same building. 
so we have to get in our cars and drive to see our athletics colleagues every day. So um, I think what the pandemic has really taught for me in this field um, and in life is the importance of working together, not only in your athletics department, but on your campus, uh, valuing those relationships and taking advantage of opportunities. Heck, if you're set up to have a big win, have a tweet, have an email queued up, send it out to the messages and, and see what you can do. Spread the good word. You know, if you have the, the Mac tennis player of the year, you know, let people know. You'd be surprised how many people care and how many people are surprised that uh, you're achieving well academically uh, across the board that may only be a football supporter. So I think that is something that I've really learned this past year and, and something that I would communicate with our audience to take full advantage of uh, and, and just keep going because uh, I, I'm a testament of, you know, even when it seems like the end of the road is, is over or it's changing, another door opens. So I just say, uh, keep the faith, keep doing good work and uh, be a great ambassador to your university, your donors, your season ticket holders, your fans, and uh, hey, uh, it's sports, you know, it's athletics, have fun. Oh, really good thoughts. Thank you again uh, for joining us, Jared. We want to remind everyone to follow us on Twitter at P5 Mentality, subscribe and rate us on your favorite podcast streaming site, check out our blog on the Power 5 Mentality website, and remember, Power 5 is just a mentality.